Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of the Global Heart Failure Academy and is brought to you by Medtelligence. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, my name is Marco Metra. I am full professor of cardiology at the University of Brescia, Italy. And it's uh, my extreme pleasure to meet here Professor Ponikowski. I don't know if you want to introduce yourself. Well, Piotr Ponikowski, cardiologist, Wrocław, Poland. Great pleasure to be with Marco today. Yeah, he's an eminent expert in heart failure. He's rector of his university. He's a major authority also with respect of iron therapy. So who best than him to try to solve this issue? We have had uh, a major improvement in the treatment uh, of the patients with heart failure, and namely those with uh, heart failure and reduced ejection fraction. We now have uh, patients like the one we may discuss today, who are 65 years old with uh, reduced ejection fraction on medical treatment with sacubitrivarsartan, dapaglifosin, low dose of rosamide, paranolactone and beta blockers, bisoprolol, so on optimal medical treatment. Despite this, she still complains of breathlessness with the stairs, walking in a block, and she has a poor quality of life. What can we do in this case? We took the laboratory exams, we found hemoglobin of 13.4, but serum ferritin was 65 and also uh, the T-set was abnormal. So who better than you to tell us what to do in this patient? Marco, I'm very glad that you mentioned this case because this lady is optimally treated. She received four major classes of therapies which tend to prolong her life and tend to prevent hospital admission and tend also to make her life better. Despite this, she, as I understand, is in class three. So uh, I'm very glad that you mentioned that in these cases of potentially optimally treated patients, you need to seek for some additional factors. And iron deficiency is indeed another factor which may deteriorate the patient condition and on the top of it may lead to poorer survival and the higher risk of hospital readmission. So indeed, I am very glad that you mentioned that Iron deficiency, which is present in this case, because you can easily detect it. Marco is the chair of 2021 guidelines, and in these guidelines, there is a very precise statement. Consider iron deficiency to be proactively screened in everyone, and use only very simple biomarkers, as Marco said, ferritin and transferrin saturation to make sure that you detect it. So this lady fulfills the criteria of iron deficiency. Well, apart from this, please remember that uh, she has 13 hemoglobin, so it's not anemia yet, but if there is a little bit lower level in this elderly patients, please consider as well a diagnosis of some additional causes of anemia, like malignancy, for example. But for today, let's push this aside, so iron deficiency as a target of therapy. I fully agree that you're good to mention this. The first thing which is important is to look for iron deficiency. And in our guidelines, but it was already written in the guidelines that you co-chaired in 2016, despite the similar age, he preceded me in many things. 
but it was already written in 2016 guidelines. It's a class one recommendation to measure serum ferritin level and T-set in addition to hemochromocytometric parameters in all the patients with chronic heart failure. And we will come back to this maybe later, also in the patients hospitalized for acute heart failure. So detect iron deficiency, and we know that the correction of iron deficiency can improve significantly the quality of life for the patient. Another thing that I didn't mention is that this patient had had a previous myocardial infarction, so she has coronary artery disease. I don't know if, in your opinion, this may have a, an impact or no. So, question regarding the etiology of our failure and the question regarding how to treat this patient. Well, it's a very intriguing area now where the underlying etiology of uh, heart failure may have additional impact on iron deficiency. We still do not quite understand why iron deficiency develops in patients with heart failure, number one. We only know that we should treat it, number two. But potentially ischemia, well, first of all, we had this analysis based on our Ferme AHF study, which we will most likely discuss in a second, showing us that perhaps ischemic etiology patients are a little bit more prone not really to develop anemia, but to bet to be with better chance of benefit with IV iron therapy. It may well be just chance finding. There is a post hoc analysis from the Affirm AHF, uh, but still very, very intriguing data. It may well be that ischemia itself somehow affects the myocardium and makes the myocardium prone to develop iron deficiency, many different hypotheses. But to make long story short, in my humble opinion, iron deficiency in HFREF is about impaired energetics. So I think that regardless of the underlying etiology, we need to consider iron deficiency as a relevant comorbidity to treat it. With time, we will get more and more information whether ischemia itself, as the, as I said, etiology would be relevant to consider in the diagnostic and therapeutic process in this area. But for today, I think we would be safe saying Consider iron deficiency in patients also stable, but also destabilized and admitted, and treat them with IV iron, with ferrical boximaltose, to make sure that we follow the guidelines. For those just tuning in, you are listening to CME on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Marco Metra, and I'm here today with Dr. Piotr Ponikowski. We are discussing the significance of ischemic etiology and iron deficiency in the management of patients with heart failure. Of course, Affirm HF, and you were the first author of the study of the main trial and the coordinator, was I may say, the first trial published with ferrica carboximal toes assessing outcomes as a primary endpoint. So we now, we are moving from a perspective of studies like CONFIRM that you authored and FERHF, which was by Stefan Anker, focused on quality of life, exercise capacity, symptoms, to studies uh, which are focused on the outcome. And AFFIRM-HF is the first of these ones, showing a reduction in heart failure hospitalizations with ferricacarboximal toes versus placebo. And these data were already shown also in the previous trials, but here it was the primary outcome of the study. 
And the problem is that the patients with non-ischemic heart disease at the lower rate of hospitalizations and events, and therefore the study was surely underpowered to show a result in these patients. So I think that regardless uh, the etiology, but of course more if we have more data in patients with coronary artery disease, the, 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 if the patient has leventricular dysfunction, even mild, because we go up to 50%, and there is no reason also. That's another interesting aspect. If there is a reason to think that patients with preserved dissection fraction may have a different response, I don't think. So, I mean, if we detect iron deficiency in a patient with symptoms of heart failure, there is a clear indication to ferric carboxymatose therapy. I fully agree, but what Marco alluded to, AFERM-AHF was the first trial planned to finally answer the question where the correction of iron deficiency with intravenous ferric calboximaltose would translate in better outcome. So we provided the evidence of reduction in hospitalization. This study was among patients with acutely decompensated heart failure, but as Marco said, reduced and mildly reduced, yes. So it's not only for better quality of life, but also for reduction of the rate of hospitalization. And I fully concur with Marco that we do need a study. Ongoing trials will tell us more about HEFPEF, but I agree with you that we do not have any evidence whatsoever to believe that HEFPEF would be in a different category. So we are awaiting more evidence, and I'm sure that within two, three years we have this evidence. So I think it's now time to give take-home messages. And so, Piotr, which are your take-home messages? Do we have something to add? Well, Marco, as we said, very few, but pretty relevant, clinically important take-home messages. Number one, please remember that iron deficiency in heart failure affects around 60 to 70% of patients. And please remember, proactively screen for it using only two simple biomarkers, ferritin and transferrin saturation. Number two, if detected, please consider treating it with IV ferric calboximaltose. Please remember that we have the evidence that oral iron, sorry to say, doesn't work in this population. Oral iron doesn't work, although we intuitively think it works, it doesn't. So, IV iron, and please remember that it is not only for quality of life, but also to reduce the rate of rehospitalization in patients with reduced and mildly reduced ejection fraction. And I think the case you alluded to is the best example that this lady may benefit of uh, adding IV therapy with ferrical boximaltose to her standard therapy. That would be my final message, unless you want to add something. No, I think, uh, yes. Look for iron deficiency and treat it with IV ferric carboximaltose because this is the only treatment shown as effective and with a significant improvement in quality of life, symptoms and rehospitalizations, which is what we want in our patients. You have been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is provided by Medtelligence. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash heart failure. Thank you for listening.